Hello and welcome to Your Story Matters podcast. My name is Michaela Elizabeth and thank you for joining me on this journey. My hope for this podcast is that we will experience the power of storytelling and understand that we are the main characters in our own story in order to break free from the false narrative that has been playing in our minds. I'll share from my life and I'll chat with friends about theirs on a variety of topics like relationships, Enneagram, seasons of life, and more. Your story matters, my story matters, and I'll continue to tell both. Today, I am excited to get to talk to my best friend from college, Camera Rhodes. Cam is a singer, songwriter, guitarist, and vocal instructor from Pittsburgh, PA. He graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Theater Studies from Kent State University and is in pursuit of his Estill Figure Proficiency Certificate. Cam specializes in stylizing voices to create signature pop and rock sounds. Using Estill Voice training, he teaches the anatomy and psychology of the voice and concentrates on the 12 isolated muscles that are responsible for making specific sounds when speaking and singing. When auditioning for rock musical theater, Cam stresses the importance of understanding the time period to truly grasp the emotion and essence of the show. He teaches musical theater history to help students remember that pop music and Broadway tunes were one and the same. He's helped fellow performers to audition for rock musicals from Grease and Hairspray to Rent, Spring Awakening, and Bonnie and Clyde. Performing credits include Angel from Rent, Seaweed, and Hairspray, and Little Shop of Horrors. Cam released his debut single, Better Now, in spring 2021. His videos has 16,000 views and counting. He is in the process of releasing his EP. I am so excited to be Cam's friend. We have been through so much, as you will hear in this conversation as we talk about college and what dreams we had before we went to college, the dreams we had during college, and kind of where we are today. And so here is our conversation with Cam. Do you remember the first time we met? In college? Yes. Yeah. In, um, oh no, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, tell me. it was, uh, okay. So technically movement, movement class, but, yeah. but we met, met at Adam's family. Cause it was you, Heidi and Cass. <gasps> do you remember that? So we oh all did that gosh. together. Yeah. So like we went out to, we like, yes. I saw the show Yeah. and then Cass was like, let's all, we should all like go out or whatever. And yeah, Cass yeah. and Peter were like, let's go out. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's go out. And so we all went to Applebee's and we were all there like talking or whatever yeah. and like we were there and like we we like looked at each other and I was like oh like I I know you and you were like oh I, like we like look just kind of we're yeah. kind of looking yeah and I was like oh you're from yeah you're you're uh you're from movement class right and you're like yeah and I was like oh hey and was then, that the night you had a strawberry daiquiri no that you had it I had yeah, it yeah you, you had it, it and I was drinking it all <gasps> you remember that and you're, you had and you're the history like, for you're stealing like, alcohol you're, <laughs> And you were like, hey. <laughs> oh my gosh. You were like, I do remember you were like, that. Because I, like, I was just talking. I was like, because you asked to try it. I yeah, was like, can that's I have, totally can fine. I try it? Here's the thing that's the first and only time you drink? No, no. That's the first and only drink that I got that was a strawberry daiquiri. And we were like, we had a straw. Yeah. Like, there were two straws, but I was like, oh, can straws. I try some? And you were like, yeah. And then you were like, hey. <laughs> And then like, you just like, like you just drank it all. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. 
and we've been inseparable ever since. No, but for real. That is funny. Do you remember that? I do now. I, I, cause I can't believe you don't. I remember that plain as day. Oh, my but gosh. But here's the thing. I remember Applebee's. I don't remember the reason that we got to Applebee's, which was Adam's family. Yeah, like, I because didn't remember it was that. Cass, yeah, because okay. Heidi and yes. Cass were like, oh, let's go out. And that like, makes okay. more sense now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> that is hysterical. I'm like, Applebee's, yes, thank you for all of that, because now I remember. Um, oh, my gosh. So, yeah, we basically had every class together. Yeah, like our upper classes. Cause we, had movement, we didn't have movement one, but we had movement two. Yeah. Uh, theater history. Theater history one, LGBTQ, theater history two, LGBTQ. Playwriting. Oh, no. No, you weren't an LGBT. No, you were. I was. Oh, that's right. You were. You were. That's right. Yes. Um, when LGBT. Oh, that's right. Because you were there the day that. Multicultural like, theater. Multicultural theater. We barely no. made it. No, we, well, we. The dance classes. Uh, yeah, we had our dance all classes. Dance. We didn't, that just happened. We didn't like plan for it but here's yeah, the thing no, yeah no the dance one we, we didn't no. but our other classes but when there are only so many theater classes to take for BAs like you end up all just being in the, same, in the same class classes. anyway oh yeah <laughs> so it's kind of like elementary school all over again mm -hmm. where it's the same like the only difference is we change classrooms oh yeah for that's sure. hysterical we just became fast friends and we had a lot in common at that time I mean we still do that like that part hasn't changed but just the fact that I think we weren't in the program. Yeah. The program, quotation marks, um, was like right. very helpful that we had someone to kind of like lean on in those times, right? Oh, yeah. So tell me, we're in college for theater, but... Comma. Comma. Did you ever dream about having theater be your profession? Yeah, when I was younger. Yeah. Um, well... Yeah, because, well, I'm, I'm, I liked music. Uh, I liked music as a kid. And I always wanted to sing and stuff like that, but there was an avenue for it. So I did theater and I loved, so I, my, I was put in acting, like, acting classes and not so much voice until I was like 16, 17, but acting theater classes and actually doing a show, like when I was like 12. So, yeah, I mean, when I first got like the bug and I started like doing theater I was like yeah like I want to do this and stuff like that because I didn't realize that you could actually like I knew you could do it as a career but I didn't know you could like major in it and yeah. stuff until I was like 13 or 14 or something and then I was like oh then I realized they were performing arts high schools and I was like oh I want to go to one and didn't know about that until I was in college and it's like oh, oh that really? would have changed I, I, I was things. upset <laughs> I was very mad because I begged my dad to, I oh my god all that's all I wanted I did yeah. not want to go to regular school because yeah. I was like I'm too good for this. Like, I want to be in conserve. I want to go to performing arts high school and yeah. I want to be a theater major. Like, I really wanted to take classes and stuff. That's yeah. why I wanted a conservatory. Yeah. That's why I only looked at conservatory schools. I never looked at, like, a state school because they didn't have conservatories. Yeah. So we both auditioned for the musical theater program and it was very prestigious. And so I auditioned once and I said once was enough for me because it was traumatic enough how many times did you audition? I auditioned twice. Okay, twice. And you only then did we, it one time? I only did it once. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why one and done? You Why wanna, one and done? You didn't want to do it a second time? I did not want to do it a second time because I had gotten a letter that kind of explained, hey, you did really well in this, you didn't do too well in that, and the parts that I didn't do well in, I knew, like dancing. I'm not surprised. But mm -hmm. it was one of those things where um, there was an open invitation after I got that letter saying hey you didn't make it and here are the reasons why there's an open invitation to talk with the director of the school of theater and dance to kind of do a little look back on that audition and so it was funny in that 
meaning she said something I've, I've never forgotten. It's true, but the way she said it, I was so green that it didn't, it just like went right over my head. Mm -hmm. And I was coming in for my last two years. So she's like, we cannot do anything with you in two years. We'd need four years. So it's like she, she couldn't cram everything in, which she said it much differently than I just did. But it was like, okay, that's fine. So she's like, but we do have the BA in performance, theater performance. And she's like, you know, go wild with that because they had taken away the BFA in acting, which if I went back and did a theater degree and did a performance route, that is the degree that I like quote unquote should have. That's the track I should have gone on. But anyway, I was like so ready to just be in college to do theater that I was like, great. And then I was in school for spring semester 2015, you know, did my two years and all the upper classes and then, you know, never looked back and that was how it goes. But did the college experience help to shape your dreams in new ways or did they like crash them? Oh, let me ask um, it like that. <laughs> I think I think both. Yeah. Uh, I would say both because I auditioned. So I auditioned twice. I auditioned spring of 2013 mm -hmm. and I was at uh, Slippery Rock at the time. I didn't, I wasn't in Kent yet. So I was a transfer student. So I transferred into the program and I heard of it through a, a classmate from back home who went to a different school district and stuff. And so she told me about the program. And so I initially wanted Bumwala. So I wanted that, but I went to Kent. So when I Went to Kent, I auditioned, and nobody got it. Nobody in my group, like, got mm. it, and only a handful. Um, there were some people who got in their first time, and a lot of us actually didn't. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So didn't get in. They passed me because I was, I was a dance major, so they passed me for dance, but they failed me for acting and singing, which was interesting because I was a singer and an actor longer than a dancer. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I'll take acting classes in the fall and stuff like that. Yeah. So I kept my major, and then I auditioned the second time. And I worked hard at that at that second audition, like very hard. I was working with a grad student, I was taking voice lessons every week, meeting with them, taking it back with my with my teacher, always in dance classes, all this stuff. And um, I auditioned a second time and I, I didn't get in. And that really crushed me. And I'll never I'll never forget, you know, the feedback of being told that I, I wasn't talented enough, I wasn't marketable enough. I wasn't castable enough. I wasn't versatile enough. And that the caliber of my talent didn't match up against the people at the school. Mm -hmm. And if I can't handle that, then I should, like, sw quote, switch my major or something. Yeah. So that really hurt. That really hurt because I wanted to go to school for musical theater. And that's all I wanted. And when I didn't get it, I, I actually got laryngitis from crying so much. Mm. So I was sick. Um, I just cried and I was like, okay. And I remember meeting with somebody, meeting with somebody on faculty and I had said, you know, I came all this way because you guys aren't giving me what I want. Or I, I came all this way because I thought that you guys had something to give me. Like, I, like, how do I grow? How do I study? How do I do what I want to do? And they said, well, well, no one's going to hold your hand through it. And I was like, well, that doesn't really answer my question. So I took a long break. And I, I sat and I was like, okay. And I remember, I'll never forget, it was Chuck Ritchie. I'll never forget it. He said, there is more than one way to get what you want. And then um, there's another one. Her name was Patricia. I'll never forget it. I was in her, I'll never forget it. I was in her office crying because she knew how hard I worked from the first audition, the second audition. She always saw me around. She was always nice to me. And she always said, she said, okay. She says, you know what you should do? And I was like, why? Like, why? And she was like, you need to get in. 
I will give you the permit to take, I'll, I'll let you pick your classes, but I'll give you the permit to take some of the classes you need. Get in those classes with them and show them you can do it. Mm. I was like, I can't. She's like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, show them you can do it. Get in those classes. Show them that, that you can do it. I was like, okay. So I, I did. So I took the classes. And then that's really kind of being in the classes is when I found all the other things. That's when I found uh, Rock the Audition. Mm -hmm. That's when I found Estel being in the classes because I wasn't where I wanted to be. I was doing the classes, but I was like, there's still like more I got to figure out here. Mm -hmm. And then I found Rock the Audition and that was it. I literally remember the day, I'm picturing it now. I remember the day you walked into, was it movement class? It was a studio. It, we were in the studio and I remember you walked in and I remember you had the book, Rock the Audition. Are you serious? I remember. Really? I for remember. I do, for real, for real. Or like you start talking about Sherry Sanders and her whole approach to singing songs and understanding the time period when they were written and you your emotions. Are you kidding wow. me? Wow. Because that is all you talked about. <laughs> in a good way. In a good yeah, way. Not in a bad way. Yeah. yeah, because when you're in that program, like even though you walk in, let's just say like there's twenty four people that are in a program for like for their four years. You know, you might have some Leading men, leading ladies, um, like character actors, sidekicks, because there is a typology and typecasting in the world of theater like there is in Hollywood and anywhere else. And so I just remember that us two, like there was no there was nowhere that we fit, you know, so yeah. they didn't say it in the kindest of ways of like, well, you're not good enough. <laughs> like that's about as not kind as you can be. But you were very apt to, OK, this is not working. I need to find something that does work. And so you found Sherry Sanders and you'll agree to this to Kingdom Come. But she really saved you from afar. Oh, yeah. Learning her program. So talk all about that. Definitely. I found her because so when I was a freshman in college, I went to community college for theater and we did Rent. And that was my first, that was my first like adult show. I was Angel in it. It was the best thing I ever did. Still the best show, one of the best shows I ever did. And um, when we did it, it was at New World Stages in New York. So it, it had just closed because this would have been 2011, 2012, but it just closed on Broadway in 2008. So this was the revival production. And then there was a, when I, I saw like, I was like, oh, it's back off Broadway. Like, that's cool. And it was like this reimagined like production and stuff. And so I would, I was kind of obsessed with it because I obviously, so I would like go on the website a lot and I found this girl who wrote the blogs for it and her name is Rory and we still talk to this day. And she, we just, I found, I was like, this is really cool. Like she's a good writer. So I connected with her. She's from New York. She still is in New York. We talked and, you know, we had a relationship and just started talking and um, she's she's several years older than me, and she's very she's really good. She works very very hard, and I really hope that she you know gets her big break. She she works very very hard. She's she's great. So we were talking, and she says, "I was like, hey, what are you doing?" And blah blah blah. And she's like, "Oh, I just I just left this audition with this rock coach." And I was like, "A what?" And she's like, "This this rock teacher." named Sherry Sanders and I was like who's that I've never heard that before because it was always acting teachers but not like a rock coach teacher mm -hmm. she's like oh yeah she um holds up like rock theater and I was like what like that's really cool what is that so 
I went on the website and she had like a sizzle reel. So like the highlights of the, of what she does and what she teaches and how to teach people. And I'll never forget it. She says, I get to teach people, I'll never forget it. In this, and I just thought this was super cool. I get to teach people what the recording artists know to do naturally, which mm. is to have an emotional moment in front of other people. Mm. And I thought that was really cool. And I would watch the way she like watched and coached people to like get them to be like expressive in the audition room and how to use pop music to interpret using your own point of view for theater. And I thought that was super cool. And I was like, wait, like this is kind of cool. And like, this makes sense. And I did hairspray in the summer. So I had just left spring 2013, mm -hmm. 14. And I had did hairspray and I got her book and I read her book and I worked with her and I actually booked seaweed the first time from doing her work, which was really cool. Mm. And then I worked again and did that show a second time and I got cast again. And then I did the work a third time and then I got a call back and then I got cast in the same role again, which that was really cool. So that was cool because I love pop music and I love rock music and I, I do like interpreting material the way that I want to. I do find that I get that now and I, I like it and I feel like I was doing it early in college, but I noticed that when I started doing this work, I started to kind of surpass some people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was getting more callbacks, but I think it was a bit, I think it's, it was also a bit, not in a bad way. I think it was a bit premature before people were getting it mm -hmm. because I find that like I was doing what I was supposed to do, but it was so right that it was wrong, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, because it was a bit uncomfortable, like vulnerable, like mm -hmm. it was vulnerable. It's it like was you like... found the thing that worked for you, but the space in which you were in didn't really recognize it as a thing to do. Cause we all know that there's so many different styles of music and how you sing opera is different from how you sing country from how you sing pop to rock and so on and so forth. And so in college, we're not really taught the art of singing. I think that only varies if you're a classical music student. I yeah. wanna say they do a lot more theory, they do. But with Broadway stuff, it's like, okay, sing it. At least that's been my experience of like, just sing it and if you're naturally talented, wonderful. And for us, we had to work at it. And, and still work at it. It's not something you ever arrive at. So anyway, Sherry's whole thing is like really breaking it down and what is the emotion behind it? And what is your point of view, as you said earlier, about this piece of music? And so that was revolutionary for you. And so bringing that into the college scene where that's not really what was taught or what was really even discussed about how to approach music for an audition for a show, you were kind of like an odd man out in the sense that you were doing something that was very beneficial for you and people saw it, they were kind of just like a couple years behind as like to getting to where like, oh, this is cool. You oh know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. And I think it was a bit uncomfortable. And like I said, it was uncomfortable because it's what they were, I think it, I think it, it was what they were trying to get us to do. And Sherry's approach to get us to do what they wanted to do was exactly what they wanted. And I think because they saw it, it was a bit too real. Mm. It was like, what do we do about that? Because <laughs> yeah. like, I remember there was a teacher that says, I don't know what I want, but when I see it, I know what it is. Yeah. But do you really? Yeah. Because I remember, uh, for example, I used a song um, for screening auditions. You remember those? Mm -hmm. And that's where you audition for big theater companies 
um, you audition for the faculty and then they pass you on to go and audition for these screening auditions for these other theater companies so that you can book summer work. And I remember it was, I was the last one to go in my group and it was, I sang Lilac Wine by Jeff Buckley. And at the time, Sherry was doing rock the performance, but she was actually cutting this music and cutting and arranging it so it sounds good for the piano. How you communicate the feel of the song to the piano player, that thing is foolproof. Like it worked every time. I've done it in auditions for national tours. It works every single time and it's great because you can communicate to the player. They, they save your life. They're the ones who make you sound good. So um, I went in and I remember the final note is this like, High note, but super soft, super sweet, and super like elongated. And I just remember like holding it, holding it, holding it, holding it, holding it, and just like drop. And you could hear a pin drop. Mm. And it was a bit uncomfortable. People were like, <laughs> you know, it was a <laughs> Thank bit you for coming. <laughs> it was a bit uncomfortable yeah. because it was like, oh, that's what you wanted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that yeah. was a good, that was. Oh, that, that was, I was like, if I never auditioned for another show here again, I'm, I'm, that's a good one to go out on. And isn't that funny how one of our professors said that it, it, it's awkward, <laughs> theater is awkward in the sense of getting up and performing in front of a class. Forget about Broadway, forget about oh, being yeah. an actual production of whatever the show is. Just getting up with a random monologue from a random show in front of a random group of people that you're with pretty much like all of the time. And performing and being vulnerable and like having eyes look at you. She said, your best performance is going to be not on stage. Or she said something to that effect mm. of like, learn to be comfortable here because this is the most non-judgmental place you're ever going to experience this in. And so I think I had my best work in movement class. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so we have both have had our best work not on stage, if that makes sense. Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. But I find for me that I found my work outside of, I found how to do what I wanted outside of the program with Sherry's work and with Estelle. And it did sort of upset me a little bit because I was like, oh, well then what am I paying you for? Right. <laughs> uh, the college can only give you so much and they give you a lot of history and foundation, but Sherry's Rock the Audition uh, material and, and her program and everything she's about, like they added another level to your repertoire that college could never give us because we were not what they wanted, whatever that was. And so you already had to do, a, we already had to do a lot of work outside of college anyway. Oh yeah. And, and so it was like, yeah, to your point exactly. It's like, why am I in college if I'm learning so much out of college? Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> when I came back from the that summer of Sherry's work, but also um, with Estel, I was like surpassing people in the program. And um, it was unique because like she gave artistry. Like yeah. she gave, she is all about like the artistic side of it. And that was super, that is really uh, nerve wracking to mm -hmm. like be artistic in what we do yeah. as performers, which it's is very, good. It's very complex. Like what? Oh, yeah. What we do is very complex. And I know that we have said this in our seven, seven and ongoing years of friendship that as much as we loved the dream of doing theater and getting to college to finally do it, study it, live, eat, and breathe it, 
um, not being in the program and essentially not getting what we wanted was the best thing that never happened to us. Oh, yeah. Us. I always say. We always a, say it. Like, put it on a T-shirt, yeah, write it on our foreheads. Being a theater major is the best thing that never happened to me. Never happened. Because we would not be sitting here. No. You know, I, right now, for sure. No. I'd be in New York. Exactly. <laughs> for sure. Exactly. Um, I don't think that I would have found my artistry. I don't think I would have. I think, and maybe I would have, but I, I think I might have found it later. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd have found it as early as I did. I probably would have been in the bubble of yeah. theater and not have found my my own artistry. I probably would have been, I think, a little bit later in the game. Yeah. Whereas I'm finding now a lot of people are kind of doing what I'm doing, if that makes sense. Like people are now doing like EPs. Theater performers are now going more into pop and more mm -hmm. into EPs and songwriting and production. Um, yeah. I just saw a Broadway actor is really good with tech, like building, like set, nice. building tech things. Uh, people are now kind of doing the independent, the um, flexible artist thing as opposed to mm -hmm. just acting, singing, dancing. Right. So in a way, I feel like I was a bit ahead in that way because now yeah. I'm finding everybody is like you know, life is different and because of COVID, other people were doing other things. So people are now finding other ways to what other outlets can I do? Yeah. That's not just theater. Absolutely. So speaking of other outlets, you are a singer songwriter post college. And so how did Estelle help you transition from singing Broadway to eventually singing music that you have written? I learned Estelle because I wanted to, know how to use my voice. And so Estelle is cool because it it is the physiology and the anatomy of the vocal tract and it teaches you all the isolated parts that make certain sounds when you talk and sing and you can manipulate these at any time and that was a huge thing for me because I was always hearing my voice was this this and this but when I took the Estel course I was like oh I know what people want oh I get it okay so they want more of a forward sound oh okay you want twang okay do you want an oral do you want it nasal which one do you want because I can give you both which is super cool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people say, well, you need a belt to tell. And it's like, oh, well, do you want a big belt? Do you want a belt with a little bit of this and a little bit of that in it? Okay, well, let us let me give you both choices and we get to decide and we get to play. Mm -hmm. So coming from theater, it was cool because I had the full control of my voice, but then it was, it was learning the craft of it and then going into artistry with it. So now that I knew how to do all these things, it was like, what do we want to do with it? So I started writing music during COVID and I called my voice teacher and I was like, I have this idea. I have this song that I wrote and I sent it to her and she's like, I love this. Oh my gosh. So we got away from the technique of it, of okay, twang, 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 this, this, this. And then I was like, okay, we have these lyrics. Let's go line by line. Just run it and see what comes out. And if you like it, let's replicate it and get you to do that. So it just kind of comes out because it's, it's, you know, because of muscle memory. So we went line by line and like, what choices do we want to make? Let's go from this to this. What happens if you go from this to this? Okay, let's try if you go here, here to here. And not just belt, belt, belt. <laughs> you know, it was like, what happens if you go from this to that? Like let's, soft to loud, but in yeah, a delicate Yeah, loud to soft. Yeah, way. what happens if you get breath, if you go slack to start and you get breathy on your ends? What does that do to the text? Like, and we're just playing. Yeah. And we were like, oh, I like this. And what I would do is I would record myself, hear what I did. And if I like it, I wrote it down mm -hmm. so I could replicate it. Yeah. And um, super fun. Very hard. Because my theater attractor state came out where I was like, you know, 
vibrato everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it was cool to get in the pop style. Like we used Estelle to sing pop music, which was really, really cool. I actually didn't know many people in Estelle that were doing pop music. Most people are usually doing Broadway or opera. Mm -hmm. So to do like full blown like pop was really cool. And I'm comfortable because I love pop music. I just never got the chance to like really sing it. So that was fun. That was fun. But all like learning how to like be in a studio and like not be so loud. So it's like, you know, we're so big and loud and it's like, okay, how do we get the perception of loud and still have some juice left over? So we really had to sit and put these, these like figures together and like what recipe is going to work for this. And that's what, you know, not every recipe works for everything that you sing. Right. So that Like was... all the qualities you use for country are not going to be what you use for pop. Mm -hmm. Maybe a few. Like we've, we've played around with it. But, yeah. But yeah. each style of singing has its own recipe, has its own ingredients that make opera sound opera, yeah. make rock sound rock. rock. Like the classic sounds that we're always used to hearing from that genre of music. Exactly. Estelle really breaks it down for you and, and is like, okay, this is what makes each style of singing what it is. Let's learn how to use your instrument, which is the voice. And it's everything we can't see. So that is the hardest thing because it is muscle memory and it all is muscles. Um, and I remember that just being, yeah, I remember the day you walked in with her book, Sherry's book, and just how it has really catapulted you to where you are today. So what is, what's the new dream? Because we're not doing theater, you know what I mean? Like, as we maybe envision that we'd be doing after college, like with this newfound degree. So what's the new dream? Oh, yeah. Well, and I and don't get me wrong. Like, I still love theater, mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. If there's shows that come down the pike, I'm definitely doing it. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely doing it. Like, the show that I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's my show. If a certain production of Rent comes back up again, I'm definitely going in for it again and auditioning for it again <laughs> for like the eighth, ninth time. Like there's just those shows that you just want to do yeah. and you're going to go in and you're going to do them clearly. Yeah. But I find that like I've really got, I've really gotten into music, really, really gotten into music and this, the craft of songwriting a lot more and my guitar and recording a record. And I like tour it. I'd love to go on a tour and have enough leverage, like of people that like my stuff to go to a record label, like to be on a record label. Like that'd be a, a cool thing. But I I still want a Grammy though. I'm not gonna lie. Like that's like that's cool. That's the dream. That'd be cool. Um but I record and a Grammy. ways to get there. Yeah. Uh with that. And then the music video, of course. Like more oh, of course. Like I do wanna do I have to do more music. My goal is to I'd like to because I have an EP coming out and my goal is to have a music video for every single song that would be like a cool thing like That's super cool a story with everything i just can't ever since the first my first music video like i'm like I would have to do more. I got to do more stories with that. Um, and I think that's a testament to your artistry that you're not just singing a song for the sake of, hey, my voice sounds good and I know it does and let everyone know too. But it is, it is. You put in the work and it shows. And with Estelle, you know, your voice is proven to not sound like every other guy on Broadway's, what their sound is. Because a lot of them sound the same because they're all doing the same kind of style of singing. And so it has to, you have to do something in order to do it eight times a week, which is just insane. But you've never been one to brag about your voice, your talent. Hey, here's what I can do. But I'm saying that for the sake of 
the artistry is now blending into the music videos, where it is kind of like its own mini movie, its own theater performance in and of itself. Like we can watch it on our phones, we can watch it on our laptops. Like one day it's gonna be on a jumbotron in New York City because why the heck not? Let's dream that big. Let's just do it, Cam. Oh yeah. Let's see what can happen. I do think that that's really cool. I think especially like even when I go back and like, you know, when I do, even like when I look at like when I did Hairspray, I looked the first time I did it and the third time I did it with Estelle and again, redefining my recipe and cleaning out the old technique to put the new stuff technique, which took about two and a half weeks of training every day. Yeah. It was a blast and it was great when I did that show right before COVID. But I think that, um, I definitely don't think I still sound like anybody else. Mm -mm. Uh, I remember from my, it's funny. It's funny that that kind of comes up. It's funny you say that, that that comes up because I remember when I didn't get in to the musical theater program, there was a, the, the voice teacher wrote one of the notes, wrote unique voice, and I'll never forget it. He wrote unique voice. So I wrote down all the information of everybody's feedback and I went to this teacher and I was like, Mr. White, you said that I have a unique voice. What do you mean by that? And he was like, well, it, it certainly sounds like you. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, he's like, well, um, I mean, if I was to watch a concert, if I was to see you in a concert, or if I was to see you on a stage on Broadway, or like, if I heard a song, if I heard a song on the radio, oh, I'd know right away it was you. And I was really sad about that. I was like, hmm. Why? <laughs> like, I was like, why? Like, because like, and coming from theater, like I never, even the people in the program say, yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't sound like that. And I thought it was a bad thing. I always thought it was a bad thing to do because I thought that it was just, um, that was bad. I think because of the track of Alphaba, we know what she's got to sound like. Glinda, yeah. we know what she's got to sound like. Yeah. Even though the textures are all different, this tone, the tone quality is different. There's still that, recipe that you have to do because that's what the track calls for that's it's a certain expectation for. yeah of like when you get to defying gravity like it should be that belt and if someone goes like very soft larynx you're like um are we missing something <laughs> like we're not we're not flying high anymore exactly um, so yeah there's there's things that you come to expect when you listen to certain iconic voices from theater and I remember sitting, watching your third performance of Seaweed and Hairspray, because that was the first time that I actually like heard you sing the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody keeps saying that. It's true. Well, that just goes to show, like when we were in the practice rooms in college. I mean, like, I was, we were, but we did we, sing in we, the we practice rooms, sing. obviously. I sang more. I think. No, that's, no, no, I did too. I was you always, did. I was singing with you. That's with me, yes. But as far as like hearing a full sound, like with everything and like with everything you've put into it. You know what I mean? Like rehe practice rehearsals were like, we just wanted a room to like get away from everybody. Like that was oh, honestly yeah. what it was. I, oh God. <laughs> That's honestly what we did. Oh God. And we would be in there for hours, just like playing the piano and going through different songs and stuff. But all that to say, watching you in Hairspray. And that was a fabulous show. A lot uh, of great, talented people with amazing best. voices. The best. It they was were so the, good. the best cast. You sounded different because you put in the work. Like you were the only one Estel trained. And so only people that are in the singing world know what Estel, know what Estel is. So for all the regular Joe Schmoes that go to an audience and watch it, you're like, wow, he's a really good singer. And that is fact. But from knowing you as long as I have, it's like you put in the work and you sounded different and you could tell like each and every it almost was like each and every note had some flair 
to it. Didn't have to be like big or dramatic, but there was something in it very detailed. And it's like you watch the whole show and you were like, that guy knows not only how to sing, but how to sing. Sitting there, you could tell that you were trained, but you were trained in the best way. That's not to say that natural talent isn't good. That's not to say that other people doing other work with other voice teachers is not par for the course. But Estelle and your voice was a perfect match made in heaven of like, I know how hard you worked on that show and it showed. And I just remember like hearing all of these nuances that you're doing in the songs. And I was like, wow. Oh, that's cool. Like so good. That's cool. Like so, like I wish I can continue to see that show. Like I oh, wanted yeah. them to record it. Oh yeah. Like I wanted a DVD. Actually, there copy. is a recording. I will send it to you. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I will you. send it to you. I don't think Mike has actually seen it. No, God, no. Oh, he has not. It. We were not even. We oh, met. That's right. That's right. Because you, we were, met yeah, a year yeah, yeah. Later. you weren't together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we met like a year uh, later. Like later after that. Yeah. I will. Um, I'll send it to you. Please but, do. Um, Please do. I loved it. I mean, I worked hard on that show, and I didn't, you know, and I knew. Well, actually, that's the first time anybody ever heard me say that was there. I told you. Um, which, because again, I don't like just, I don't like to show my voice off. Like no. I, st you know, but it was, but it was just fun to, I'm like, wow, like people get to hear me and stuff. And I actually remember I went to a, a uh, Christmas party with a, a girl who was lead in production of Mamma Mia that I did right before Hairspray. And there was this woman there and she's like, I know you from somewhere. I was like, oh, well, I was in Mamma Mia with such and such who hosted this, who hosts this party. No. It's like, uh. Well, I, I don't know if you saw this, but I just did hairspray and she's like, oh my gosh, that's where I know you from. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that's you. I was like, <laughs> oh, hi. And she was like, I'll never forget it. She was like, oh, you were, everybody mm. was great. Mm. But you could tell, you were like, oh, I'm ex I love this show. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to be here and mm -hmm. I'm excited to give you people a show. Like, oh, you gave a show. Run like, and tell you that were was so a excited. show in a show. Oh yeah, like she said, she's like, you were so excited. Like yeah. I could see like, oh, he's, oh, he's ready. Oh, he's ready. She's like, I saw you. She was like, you know, and then there was really, really sweet. There was a daughter of a certain age who mother took their daughter to see the show. And so we do run and tell that. And the mother comes up to me, she goes, I just need you to know something. Now, I'm not supposed to be saying this because if my daughter heard me saying this, she'd be very embarrassed. She's oh, like, no. but when you were doing your moves and run and tell that, she's like, my daughter goes, oh, he can. Oh, yes, he can all day. Oh, he can. Oh, yes, all day. I'm like, thank you. Like, thank you very oh much. my gosh. Like. <laughs> Again, a certain age, of a certain age. Um, oh my Lord, I was really embarrassed. I was like, tell For her sure. I said thank you very much. But it it was a blast to be of service to other people. I was like, I get to finally show people what I love. Like yes. I was so excited. I was glad that everybody who came got to see it. Yes. Some people saw it twice and I was I was so glad that people just got to see what I did because I'm all I'm just all about the work. I I've never I've never claimed to be the best singer. I still don't. I I am not the best singer. I am not the best dancer. I'm not the best actor. But I just love what I do when I work. You put hard. in the work, and you are excited about showcasing what you do. Yeah. Not to have eyes on you, but to be like, hey, I really like what I do. I want to invite you in and share that experience. Exactly. And that is what exactly. is so joyful about watching you perform on stage as a character, but also then just sing as yourself so yeah a couple of questions before we end here your song better now music video we'll link to it everyone needs to watch it and then share it with all of their friends oh yeah 
what is that song about? So I... Just give us a Sparknotes version. So, no, I mean, right. <laughs> but it's like, which, which version of the Sparknotes do we want? Um, That's true. Which one do we want? Uh, I... So I actually, so I initially wrote it about, um, I actually was messaging a friend who um, cut me, or actually who cut me out, who actually, who cut me out of my life. So I was writing it about that. Someone that, that I was very, I was very, very close with who cut me out of my life, sorry, out of their life and that really, really hurt. I was trying to always be friends with them and trying to reconcile because I believe in that. And it just, it just wasn't happening. Just wasn't happening. So I, then I had another incident where I was texting a friend and he was just mad at me. He was upset with me. And he said, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Mm. I was like, okay, well, I didn't do anything to you. And that really hurts my feelings. And like, again, like, wasn't willing to explain to me what happened. And so I was like, okay, well, if we've been through all these things together and if that's what you think, if that's what you think of me, then I have to figure out a way to move and be better without you in my life. I have to figure out a way to navigate and move without you being attached to me. But I know that you're going to go and kind of tell other people like, oh, well, he's this, 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 this. And it's like, yeah. you know, um, but again, like no form of reconciliation. So I have to figure out how to be better without you coming back to me and being my friend but also being okay with not having reconciliation. Yeah. So I have to figure out how to, I just have to move on. So that was the basis of it. And then of course, you know, adding other things to it to make it dramatic. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> As um, we do. Of course, because you have to. So that's what the song is about. And then the music video, I wanted to kind of elevate it in a different way. I wanted mm -hmm. to elevate the story and something else where you can have two pieces of, of work that stand on their own separately, but they can also um, blend together. Mm -hmm. So they're not just in the context of one or the other, but they both they both can be and simultaneously be linked. Yep. Which is what I wanted. Yeah. So I hope that came across because I worked hard. I worked hard on that with you like did. my team. Like we sat for hours just talking, throwing things at the wall. Like, what do we want to do? How do we want to tell the story? What do we? How do we make it all blend? And um and so. I think we did it. I mean, I, I, I think we did. I think that mm -hmm. um, we did a good job with that. I've I didn't do been... any of it. They did. Well, so they did. It, you, so. you were there at least. I was. You but... sang the song. <laughs> I, yes, I wrote and sang the song, but they the made it The team was, yeah, it was the inc team, it's incredible. Like, it was collective. It is beautiful. It is really an art piece in and of itself, um, celebrating everything that you love, which is music, which is storytelling, which is having a good time and, you know, being vulnerable with everything. And so I have never been prouder to be there on set and to see you do what it is that you do best so we will link to everything on how people can stay connected and support you thank you for doing this oh always a fun time always i cannot wait, I cannot wait to see what the future has in store thank you for listening it would mean the world if you would follow this podcast rate and review it for others to see so they can begin their own journey and understanding that their story matters do you want to be pen pals? Head on over to my website, www.michaelaelizabeth.com and sign up today.